This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Jim Rimbach of the Fast Leader Show, and when I'm not helping people get over the hump, I'm listening to Set Lusting Bruce. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are we are going to the Midwest today. We're going to the Plains of Nebraska. That's right. It's an album review episode. And joining me today to talk about Nebraska is Fred. Welcome, Fred. Hello, Jesse. Glad to be here. Well, I am so thrilled you uh, stepped up, as uh, many people know, but, you know, I have to repeat just in case it's someone the first time. Um, I had uh, put a call out on a lot of social media saying that I wanted to discuss Bruce Springsteen albums and rank not the albums in order, but each individual album and go from worst to first on the songs on each album. And so we're in the process of doing that. Um, No other podcast has the courage. That's right. We're brave. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and so Fred said, hey, I want to talk Nebraska. So I said, oh, that sounds perfect. So uh, before we get started, though, tell me a little bit um about yourself um just go ahead you know give me your little elevator speech okay um my my journey with bruce started with a lot of us um back in 1978 um i was a uh sophomore in high school and i bought darkness Mm -hmm. and i can still and i can still remember getting it getting the vinyl 
take it out of the sleeve, putting it on. I remember hearing Bad Lines, Bad Lines the first song. I'm saying, oh, this is interesting. And then I remember hearing that guitar riff at the beginning of Adam Raised the Cane, and like my head just popped up. I said, oh, this is something different. And then the last, the last song on the first side, which, uh, which is Racing, which is my favorite Springsteen album. And that was like, I like to say, my Bud Fox, Gordon Gecko moment. You got, you got me, Bruce. Oh, and how nice. Mo- <laughs> so from that moment on, um, basically, um, I, I, I had been a, been a, been a fan since, like I said, I was, uh, 15 years old. Wow. So where are you from? What part of the country? Um, bo- born and raised in, um, Northern New Jersey. Um, I grew up in Nutley about, uh, seven miles from Manhattan. Uh, now I live in just in, um, about 20 miles from there in a, a small town called Chatham. Okay. Uh, uh, fortunately, um, since he's always in the area, um, had many opportunities to see him um, over the years. I would say a couple of my favorite moments, uh, I saw him three, uh, my girlfriend and I, Pam Wyman, saw him three times last year. Um, one was at the snow show at the garden, which was amazing because we got uh, meeting into Jungle Land. Yeah, always a special treat. Um, then we were at the first show at MetLife, so we were the first one to hear uh, New York Serenade with the Strings, which was pretty powerful. Yeah, I was uh, at the at, second of those three shows, and okay, uh, I, I I told the story before Fred that um, I, you know, I was going on the twenty fifth, and um, I was. <laughs> Bruce never disappointments, but I was, we were talking, did we pick the wrong night? You know, you know, that 23rd show was pretty special. Did we pick the wrong night? And uh, then, of course, he came in on the 25th, you know, close to four hours. We got, we, you know, we got Jack of All Trades with strings. I mean, it was, you know, he did, he doesn't disappoint, right? He does not. Yeah. And well, then, and then it's ahead. funny. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, then I would. So then um, Pam was saying, oh, you know, there's still some seats up in the upper tier. Let's go on the on the 30th. And I said, you know what? It's pretty much going to be the same as the, as the the previous two. You know, but, you know, what's the reason? What's the really reason to go? And Pam was actually periscoping it. And all of a sudden, then, you know, maybe an hour and he goes, OK, we're going to change it up. And I said, oh, no. And then he did that two-hour block of everything pre-born to run. And um, one of my Grail songs is "Lost in the Flood," okay. and I had, I had missed it. I had missed it every time I had seen him. Um, and after seeing that, after hearing that show, um, Pam and I got tickets for the first Philly show, and that was our first time that we were at, that we saw a Philly show. And basically, we got that all that two hours of pre-75. So um, I got lost in the flood. We had Incident into Rosie. had, you know, Saint in the City. We also got Thundercrack. We got Fever. So that, that, was a, a special, that was a special moment. Yeah, so I always like to preface this, that the amount of times you see Bruce is not a fair barometer of what kind of no. fan you are <laughs> because, as you just mentioned, because you live on that – uh, part of the country, it's a little bit easier to see um, versus like someone in Texas. It's a little tougher. 
But um, just for the record, how many times have you seen him? Uh, I would say I'm somewhere and I'm somewhere in the 20 vicinity. Okay. Very nice. Um, I would say though, if I can just say my, my, after I just mentioned those three shows though, my favorite show that I saw him at, I was lucky enough to see, I saw him in um, November of 09 at the garden when he did the river for the first time from cover to cover. And that was, that was a really, really special evening. And um, that's why it was very important. um, The last tour that Pam wasn't at that show. So she had the opportunity to see the river um, on that tour. But that, that first time that he played the river, um, that was, it was really, really a special evening. You know, um, it, it was. And I remember that there was a lot of discussion from Bruce saying he'd never do that again because it was so long. And then, of course, he did a whole tour doing it every night. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you never know what he's going to do. Um, have you gone to mybosstime.com and filled out uh, the, you know, your concerts and to have your statistics? I, you know what? I have not. Um, I will actually, I'll actually go there and do that, Jesse. Yeah. Um, Echo's been on, uh, Echo, um, his, he's not comfortable with his English, but I've interviewed him and, uh, we, we've had a couple other people. It's a wonderful database. It's, uh, it's, you know, uh, my boss time and it gives you the chance you can go in if you select the concerts you've attended, it will do the database and tell you how many songs per album you've heard, what were your rare songs, you know, what, like, for example, I knew this because I just track it, but um, I've seen him 16 times, and every time I've seen him, he's played The Rising, you know? Okay. (laughs) That is the only song I've seen every show. Um, And so, uh, and then, you know, then like um you know i've only heard jungle land once so it kind of it gives you the statistics so it's a fun it's a fun thing i always like to ask people if they haven't done i'll Um, I'll definitely check that i'll definitely check that out if if i could just have one quick little thing because i know you recently went to the show on broadway um pam and i went there in october okay and it was it was just an amazing experience. The best way I could describe it is when um, we were talking about going is like, oh, we got tickets. If, you, if I get a ticket, it's great. But if not, it's not going to kill me. After seeing the show, I said to Pam that for the rest of my life, I would kick myself that I didn't go to the show. And, and just basically by pure luck, um, um, you know, the, the contest that's going on currently on Sirius. Sure. Last week, Pam was the twentieth caller, and we're going again to the private. We're doing for the private, oh, the private show wow. in March. How wonderful! How exciting! That's that's, that's, that's it's really. We're both very very excited. So, uh, Fred, I will have to have you back on after you go. Um, there's been a little debate that um, would it be as powerful the second time. Um, I'd be more. I'd be more than happy. I'd be more than happy to come back. Just okay, sure. good. Because I, I, you know, um, I uh, the guys on Rockin' the Suburbs had me on their podcast, and I did a short little episode where I on my podcast talking about it, but they had it on, and you know, and and I told them I went in with very high expectations, and they were exceeded. Um, yeah. And, you know, and and um, I truly. 
Um, forget. I, I understand that it's hard to get a ticket. I understand it's expensive, but I truly cannot imagine anyone who has the opportunity and goes will regret it. I I, I echo those words a hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So okay. Um, any last thoughts before we head to Nebraska? No, I, I think I think I gave my my Bruce biography. I think it was pretty thorough. Yeah, uh, you did good. Kind of, that was yeah. Thank you. That was kind of the, that was kind of the appetizer. Let's get to the main entree now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, probably do not need to explain this to anyone, but just in case, Nebraska is the sixth studio album by Bruce Springsteen. It was released in 1982, uh, one of the four albums he released in the 80s. Um, I always bring that up because that's originally how this show started. I had to, I was on a podcast and they wanted me to pick my top three albums of the 80s, and I could have okay. picked all Springsteen albums. Um, you know, the the legend, which is true, is he recorded these as demos on a four-track cassette tape. Um, and then as they tried to get it with the band, they ended up deciding uh, to release it as just the demos. Um, it is, I think, people who don't like Bruce Springsteen will often pick Nebraska as their favorite album. I know that a lot of cutting-edge uh, people on, um, you know, really hard, um, modern music, uh, you know, grunge and, and a lot of heavy metal and where things will often talk about Nebraska, how much they enjoy it. Um, do you have any specific memories? Because I will tell you, I was, uh, you know, I was a casual Bruce fan at most, after buying the river, I did not pick up Nebraska. I remember a big deal about Atlantic City being his first video, and he isn't in it. Uh, you know, yep. but I, I don't remember much about the album until after the fact. How about you? I would say that looking, trying to re, um, recall, Jesse, I, I, I purchased the album, but it didn't really have an impact on me. Until maybe I would say twenty to twenty-five years ago, and then I, I kind of just going back through um, the, his catalog, and then listened to it, and then something just resonated with me. And the thing I always come back to when I talk about the album with with other Bruce fans and and people just talking about music is one of the things that I really enjoy as an artist um, is basically stripping it down to its base. Um, like a painter with his canvas and his paints. Here, basically, Bruce is his guitar and its lyrics. And everyone loves the band. Everyone loves the arrangements. No one's ever going to question that. But to me, it's really a great op it's a great opportunity and a showcase of his story of his storytelling ability, which comes to the forefront. Because it's just him telling stories. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I was a big, I still am, a major Beach Boy fan. Uh, I graduated high school in 77. I discovered Endless Summer on an 8-track and fell in love with 
their surf music and, and just everything about it. And the first time I listened to Pet Sounds, it sounded weird to me, and, and I didn't get it. I didn't appreciate it, and I had to grow into that. Um, I think Nebraska could be one of those a casual Bruce fan maybe you know you had to grow into that you had to um understand it a little bit you know i just had a um uh, a guy talking about tunnel of love and he talked about you you know you had to have your heart broken a couple times before you could appreciate tunnel of love and i think nebraska you had to have a few miles on your uh life track uh before you can appreciate it that's a very good point. In fact, I was just thinking of something where you were you're talking about that. You know, we're kind of in the same age group. I mean, yeah. when Nebraska when Nebraska came out, I'm 20 years old. I mean, this is really to me one of the like one of the observations I always have in Nebraska. This is really his first album in its entirety that he's tackling adult themes. You know, he yes. started with the river, and he had some of that anger you still see in darkness. But if you're a tw- like you were just saying, if you're a 20 year old. You know, all these things don't really resonate with you. Yes. You kind of have to almost be, start getting into your late 20s, into your 30s, and all of a sudden you're, you're basically dealing with these themes and have seen these things firsthand. Right. So it, I think, it, I think it's, it basically it's one of those things, like I said, all of a sudden, you know, you're coming off the river in darkness and all that, and it's like – and it completely changes the course, and it's like, huh. It's like it's, like it, it's there, but you, it, it's too early, I guess, really to resonate with you. Uh, well said. I agree. Um, so we're about to get into the ratings. Now, I say this every time, but I'm especially saying on this one, um, yeah. understand that every song on every Bruce Spring album is someone's favorite song. Um, Absolutely. So um, just because we may pick a song number 10 doesn't mean – um, it's just, and we'll talk about the reasons why, but there's 10 songs, someone's got to be 10, and someone has to be one. So, guess like I, first. Like I, like I was just mentioned before, Jesse, I'm sorry. No, no, no. One of, the, one of the notes that I had made here was, more than probably the other albums, the margins here are very, very thin between what's number 10 and what's number one. Um, I agree, and I will I will tell you, um, margin thin my top three. I mean, uh, we had to do a microscope to determine. You know how uh, the and the Olympics they let's go to the tape. We have to do a yep. photo finish. That's what this was. So okay, all right. Enough. Well, I would say yeah. For, for me, real real quick before I get into the last yeah. thing, for me, and we'll get into it. Number seven, it, it, it was kind of like a very special song for me in this group. Ah, okay. I look forward to hearing the story. All right. What's your number 10, Fred? Used cars. Okay. Okay. I mean, any... I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. No, no, no. Any reason why? What? What's the thought? Um. Well, I, I would say this. I mean, one of the, I guess, to me – like the themes that run throughout the album and most of the songs are, you know, isolation, being disenfranchised, hopelessness, no chance for a better life, like the opposite of the American dream. 
like I said, this is not the album basically that you're basically, you know, the convertible's open and you're basically, and you're blasting out, you know, basically rocking out and dancing to. I, I would say the reason is um, that the couple of the notes that I made was it's, it's, a, it's a symbol of a poor, hard life when the salesman like talks talk about his dad's hands. One of the basic themes I've seen through a lot of the songs is basically is the, it shows the difference between the haves and the have-nots. And basically showing that, you know, that, that, that basically the disenfranchised um, from, the, you know, basically the people who aren't. All right. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to save my thoughts because it showed up a little higher for me. Um, okay. Number 10 for me is Nebraska. Um, it, it is really tough to make the title track the um worst song on the album in my opinion <laughs> but um i i like i think it's the darkness and the story of nebraska um it just is not it, it is just a little too dark for me um okay. it is though a an amazing s- story and talked about, you know, the discussion of some, you know, there is no good in this world and, and everything. It it is it, when I'm in the my, when I'm in the right mood, um, I you know I I enjoy it immensely. But having to rank and something needed to be ten, it was Nebraska for me. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. What's your number nine? Mansion on the Hill. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I said, I wrote down here, um, in the song, you know, it's remembering the, I guess the narrator is remembering his happy childhood memories. But as an adult, he, re- he reflects back on those memories as, as an adult and sees the disparity of basically what he saw as a kid and what now he's dealing with his real life. And like one of the, one of the lyrics from the song, I think that really encapsulates that is when it says the iron gate around the mansion on the hill. So, you know, seeing, 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 seeing things through the eyes of a child and then going back and reflecting as an adult um, and, and basically seeing it, and basically seeing it through that different lens. Um, a little bit higher for me, but not significantly. Um, I do agree with you. It is kind of a, the, and you said this really well, it is the haves and haves nots, not just on a used car, but on this. Um, And the idea that you're seeing this shining uh, city on the hill, but not as an inspiration, but almost as something you'll never reach yourself. Exactly. Um, my number nine is State Trooper, and the reason why is okay. Um, there's two policeman songs on the album. Uh, don't know if we needed <laughs> the second one. Um, Highway Patrolman is much higher on my list. It is one of my uh, favorite songs, so I'll save on that. Um, I just don't like. I don't like the the sound of this the you know this isn't a um it's an eerie uh, melody and um it the lyrics work um and i think it works better as a poem 
than it does. I just don't like the style that Bruce sings this in. Like I said, that's you know that's very interesting because when I get tomorrow when I get to State Trooper, it's actually the things that you're talking about. That is one of the things that I really enjoy about the song. And, and you know, I do think that is is a common theme on this is something that um, you know two different people, you know, a tomato tomato, you know, uh, exactly. it, you know, it truly is. Okay, what's number eight? Uh, number eight is Open All Night. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, again, look, it, um, uh, it expresses a level of hopelessness like this from the line, hey, Mr. DJ, you know, basically, uh, once you hear our last player, deliver me from nowhere. Um, and plus, it's got one of the best lines he's ever wrote in New Jersey in the morning like a lunar landscape. Yes. Um, yeah. But it, but it's funny, like the arrangement on it, because it's more, a little more peppy. It basically is is almost like the outlier to the rest of the album. Yes, and especially if you um, like hear the live in Dublin. Oh, I was, was going to say that. That's my favorite version of it. The Secret Session live yeah. in Dublin is my favorite version of the song. Yeah, and in fact, I. I ranked it higher probably based on that version. Um, okay. So, yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit. My number eight is Mansion on the Hill for the reasons you did. Like I said, we're very close on that one. It's not a bad okay. song. It just isn't one no. of my favorite songs, and we had to put there. All right, number seven. Okay, this is this is this is like this is this is the hardest one when I was ranking this. Um, Jesse, my number seven is reason to believe. Okay. And at different times, at different times when I've had conversations with friends and even in my own mind, I've actually had this one first. Okay. Um, when I first heard the song being at the last track on the album, what I actually thought it was, it was almost basically a feeling as almost as a meaning of hope that basically even through what the first nine tracks, that basically people get up and they're still trying to find hope and light in the world. And then I remember listening to the Christic shows and Bruce introduced the song and basically it was just the opposite. And basically just saying that it's people embracing a belief system and an ideology um, to be able to get through life. So basically I completely thought, I guess I completely interpreted the song um, the wrong way, but it, I mean, it's still, it's a wonderful song. But um, like I said, it, it, at different times I had it number one. Um, one of my favorite versions of it is actually the cover is by one of my favorite artists, um, Amy Mann and her husband Michael Penn um, on the Badlands tribute album. Do a, do the version of Reason to Believe, and it's really really well done. Um, I will have to look that up. Um, so, <laughs> ding ding ding, seven is Reason to Believe for me. Oh, okay. So we're in, yes, we are in sync. Um, I tend to, you know, there's a wonderful story that Isaac Asimov, the famous science fiction and actually science writer, uh, did in one of his autobiographies. Um, he was giving a lecture and someone asked the question about one of his stories and Isaac gave the answer, and um, the reader said, 
no, that isn't what it meant. And, um, you know, Dr. Asimov goes, what do you mean? I wrote the story. That is what it means. And the reader said, just because you wrote it, why does that make you think you know what it means? And yeah. and Asimov said, the more he thought about, the more he agreed with that statement. That he says, you know, I write the story, but not necessarily I know what I think it means, but it may not be what it actually means to other people. So just like we take care of our own is about us not taking ourselves, uh, taking care of our people. But that we do say that line often, especially with Bruce funds and trying to yes. help people get to uh, Broadway. You know, we take care of our own. And um, and I love that line at the end of every hard earned day, people find some reason to believe. And I was saying, yeah, you're right, Jesse. And and you know, Fred, he you can look at it cynically. Like they're buying a bill of goods, they're buying a fake god or a fake belief system or a fake, you know, uh, they're believing in the government, they're believing in religion, they're believing in their family, you know, whatever the reason. And the cynical person is say they're putting in trust in people that they shouldn't. But the other side is we do find a reason to believe, and that belief is what helps us and sustains us and keeps us going. Um, and, and that was my – you know, like I guess when I first heard but for a long time, that's what I thought about, especially by placing it on that last track. After hearing all those all the other stories, it's like, you know what, even through all the the horror and the hopelessness that's out there, that there is basically still people still find the optimism to get through the day and, and hope for something better that they're going to be able to achieve. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you. Um, in fact, I've often said that on his darkest album, he still ends with a reason to believe. Now, some people would correct me and go, he's just saying that there that people have false hopes, but I, I believe. In, in many cases, there is no such thing as false hope. There's belief in being in there. And so um, now someone might ask, well, Jesse, why, do you, why is it number seven? <laughs> because I like some of the others a little bit better. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> but ever good. Yeah. Like I said, for a very long time, Jesse, I had, I had it as, as my favorite track off the album. Yeah, I could see that. Um. All right. Number six uh, is uh, my number six is State Trooper. Um, and these next couple of songs that we're going to be talking about, at least for me, um, all have some similar themes of um accepting the helplessness in the world, and then that kind of manifests itself into violence. <laughs> um, and one of the like you were talking earlier about the way that it's performed. See, to me, I think a lot of the album is very cinematic, especially almost like the very early directors of the 70s, like the early Scorsese and Bogdanovich and Freakins. And when I hear the song, especially the way he plays the guitar, I can almost basically see basically the car, this the driver leaving the, the murder scene, driving almost like through the desert in Utah or in Arizona, basically flying through the way he plays that guitar 
it basically it almost basically I can almost hear the car I can almost hear the car engine running and revving. And at the end of the song, that scream is so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so well done. Um, and I get that. I you know, um, and I agree with you about the thought of this is very cinematic and and they're so you know he is one of my other people i love is the um harry chapin i love hearing harry chapin song stories and you know in this album while darker is filled with great stories um, yeah. yeah, great stuff. Um, number six to me is My Father's House. Um, okay. It's it's funny. Um, my uh, one of my best friends um, is going to Broadway in March, I believe. And he said, you know, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that we're going to get My Father's House. Um, it's not one of my favorite songs that I know we only get, um, you know, we get only a few songs in this thing. We don't get a full concert. And I told him that I would be surprised if he didn't change his mind, that he may not love the song, but in context, he'll be really happy he played it. It fit within the narrative of Bruce wanting to share. Absolutely, absolutely correct. I agree couldn't agree hundred yeah. percent more. I couldn't yeah. agree hundred percent more. Yeah. Um, so, um, and once again, at this point, I'm really, um, you know, I'm now going. Okay, um, what 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 song? And you know, and like, okay, well, do I move this? Um, the uh, the guy uh, Scott is who I talked to earlier about darkness and. He emailed me. He says, "I'm all done." He says, "I've got all ten equal." <laughs> he says, "I'm done. For, I'm ready for the podcast." <laughs> so uh, we can't do that though. So yeah, I would go with my father's house on number six. Gotcha. Like, like we like we before we started the um the countdown again, especially for me with this album, the margins are so razor thin that you could basically if you basically thought about it tomorrow you could probably rearrange two or three or four different songs. Absolutely. I think my top three would stay the same, but uh, but the others I definitely could. Um, and I also think um, if I had been lucky enough to hear, um, you know, like I think the reason My Father's House made six for me is hearing it in Broadway. You know, I may okay. have it may have been lower. I, you know, there have been other songs, like who knows? Maybe if I had heard him do Nebraska at a show, I would go, "Oh my God, that was amazing," and it would go higher. Okay, gotcha. we've gone through the f- bottom half. We now are hitting the top half. What's your okay. number five? Uh, is Highway Patrolman, and again, I love the song. Again, it's another one of those ones. It's so cinematic. I mean, I thought Sean Penn did a great job making his initial film Indian Runner from it. Um, this and the next song after this, um, I think, share the theme of basically they were good people are forced to make difficult choices. 
and usually leads to horrible outcomes and most time um, likely ending in violence. But I mean, it, it's just a, a beautiful story. I mean, it's, it's a great between the, between the brothers, um, you know, you have almost a little bit of a Cain Abel in there. It, it's, it's, a, it's just a beautifully told story. Um, you will see that I totally agree with you. I put it higher than you. Um, it is, um, I will save to when he gets to my point on it. Um, okay. But I, yeah, well done. Um, number five for me is used cars, um, mostly because it reminds me of my father. Um, we, I cannot remember us buying, ever buying a new car. Um, it was always the new used car and, um, gotcha. and that whole image of, you know, driving home and it's, it's your father's turn for all the neighbors to look to see, Ooh, you've got a new car. And, and, and that whole, um, Bruce talking about, um, I think of him talking about his dad having to get these clunkers in the middle of the night to work and um, and in the whole you know it's almost his version of uh, Gone with the Wind right as God is my witness I'll never be hungry again as God am my witness you know I'm never going to buy a used car again so that's why it made my uh, top five okay no it's a, like I said it's a, it's a, it's a you know I said before, Jesse, it's so hard that, that again, you, have, you just have to put a number on it, but you know, you, they're all to me, they're all equally, they're both really all equally very, very good. Yeah. And, um, and, and also, you know, you're coming from your personal perspective. Um, yeah. so I totally agree. All right. Number four, number four, um, for me was Atlantic city and, I guess similar themes that I mentioned, Highway Patrolman. Again, when I go back to it, again, again I keep almost like I have to repeat myself, but it, it's so cinematic, especially even with the video. When I watch it and I listen to it, I, I it's like I'm watching a John Cassavetti song. Yeah. It's basically that black and white, gritty, indie feel to it. Um, the, also, I would think that I'm just making some notes uh, before before our conversation, especially with Highway Patrolman, Atlantic City, and even a couple of the songs that come after it. Um, you know, we again because we're kind of a similar age. It's really interesting. I don't know if he did it by it's just by accident because of the way he the, the year he wrote the album, but you really look at it from the point of view where we started pivoting from a manufacturing economy to a service economy. And a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the people that Bruce writes about in his songs, you know, basically blue collar working class people, basically whose generations before made a living and took care of their families through manufacturing. When we shifted to more of that service economy, they became the disenfranchised. Yes. So it, this is, this is like, it's almost kind of almost like telling the story of what is of really a, telling the future of what is to come. It, it truly is, and it's um, it. You will see that it's you know, I, I it's higher on my list, um, and um, that is such a um, wonderful song. Um, I'll go ahead and talk a little bit of it now. I also love 
that this has become a song that the E Street Band plays fairly often. Yeah. Um and and in and of all their songs, um, it is kind of the way they've embraced that and, and I've been lucky enough to hear them do it live and um it's such a full song with the band, but it doesn't lose its tone, it doesn't lose its message, it's still very powerful. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, my uh, number four is open all night. Um, okay. And the main reason is I just love the Seeger version. I, I oh, just God, love so <laughs> that. You know, I mean, that's why um, I think if it had not, if there had not been a Seeger version, it would have been much lower on my list. But because it was there, you know, I've just, I, I just love that version of it. And it's fantastic. It is. I, I may be cheating, uh, you know, that, uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, and and but it's my list. And so I'm going to make it. <laughs> no, like I said, um, that, that whole I mean, the secret set, the secret session is something I came a little later to in life. Right. Um, I didn't kind of listen to it when it first came out. Um, but after. I must have listened to it probably about 20 times in the last two years, um, especially that show in Dublin. That would be one of the ones I think that was like one of those special shows. I watch I watch the DVD all the time. That was that 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 particular tour and that particular event, that particular concert is absolutely amazing. Some of the best best stuff in there. Yeah, um, the, we're recording this on uh, February 19th this week. Uh, Bella. Pori's and I's discussion of Seeger session should come out, so everyone would have. I'll make sure I listen for now. it. Yes, but um, she she gave a lot of good points about it. All right, we're up to top three. Bronze. All right, silver, we're in the medal gold. round. That's right, we're in the medal rounds. Who's number? What's number three? Johnny ninety nine just ekes out Atlantic City. Wow. It, again, similar. Similar themes that we saw in State Trooper, uh, that, that helplessness in the world, and it manifests itself in violence. Um, I can remember saying, like, I remember when there was an auto plant in Mawa, New Jersey. <laughs> like, I, I remember I, I was a kid when that was going on. Um, it, it, it's just, I don't know, it, it, it just, you hear the anxiousness and the frustration in his voice when he's singing it. I just, like I said, it ekes out Atlantic City. But um, that, I, I have it. I have it as my third best song. So once again, ding, ding, ding! It is my third song. <laughs> um, I I love this song. Um, it is um, a great uh, ballad. I am also uh, John Hyatt has covered this. Um, I will be talking about Johnny Cash in a little bit with my top two songs. Oh. But um, yeah, just a great song. That um, that I know a lot of people would chase to try to hear live. So uh, yeah, just um, it is just everything you say about it is talk about a cinema that story you can see, you know the judge and uh, it just you see the mom. I mean, it is this could be yeah. um, this is a true short story. That uh, Bruce is sharing, and it's funny. Like we, on the song before, we we're talking with each other. Open all night. 
in the secret session version. Like I know, like for example, I think in six. In, I mean, I think it was like actually might have been in Portugal when he played um, this, and he went basically with the band. And it was kind of more like more of a bigger band or like a bigger arrangement. To me, it, it gets it. I what it, it gets lost that way. To me, it's meant to be played just acoustic. It's just stark and raw. I, I to yeah. me, like I guess that's how I think it's best. It's best appreciated that way. Yeah, um, like I um, the um, uh, like I said, I just heard today. Um, uh, on you know the John Hyatt version, I'd never heard him covering of it, and it was it was just really strong, um, and he has it sparse too, um, just really okay. well done. So nice. Okay. They, number two. Uh, number two. Silver medal. I'm gonna go with the title track. Nebraska is in Nebraska. Um, it, we. Um, I was listening to um, – or uh, sometimes on Friday nights I listen to Jim Rattle and the Wild Innocent. One of the most recent shows is like basically you know, the best intros of a Bruce song. Whenever you hear that harmonica, you know exactly what song is coming. Um, it also go, – going back to the cinema thing and <laughs> being, being a uh, – that you live in Texas, it, it, it brings me and reminds me all the time of Terrence Malick's in Badlands. Uh, you know, it covers some of the things we talk about with Steve Trooper of that violence that comes out. But I was actually listening to it the other day, and something that really I never really picked up on is, you know, at the beginning of the song, his cadence in his voice is so slow and so deliberate. It, it just even just adds some more of that chilling feeling and that chilling sense. Of the song, just the way he articulates the syllables of the first couple of verses of the song. It is something really special, um, and and uh, I definitely agree that it's um, talk about a story. Um, you know, I think it fits really good. Martin Sheen, very young. Was in you know that film kind of about Sissy this. Basic, yeah. Yeah, with Sissy Spacek. So um, certainly not, and I tend to like a little bit happier uh, songs, but I, I can't, yeah. you know, I can't, uh, I can't disagree. Uh, speaking of cinema, my number two is Highway Patrolman. Um, gotcha. It is. And I would almost make the argument that Johnny Cash's version is better than Bruce's version. Um, I I love the story of the song. I love the idea that you know our Joe Roberts is dedicated to justice and doing the right thing, yeah. but he can't. You know, if you turn your back on family, you're just no darn good. And and the yeah. conflict and watching him, um, you know, letting his brother leave, and um, you know the Frankie and Maria, you know, dancing and and I just it is it is one of my just absolutely um, favorite songs, and I will repeat myself would just be squealing like a teenager <laughs> if he pl if I was able to hear him do that live. 
It's oh, it's, it's a it's a beautiful song, Jesse. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. Absolutely. All right, you're number one. Uh is 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 my father's house. Uh, you were talking before about your friend. To me, my, my favorite part of Bruce on Broadway was the part where it was the wish into my father, my father's house. Um, to me, I guess in hearing that, I mean, it was that's a song I've always wanted to hear in concert. And hearing them doing that just with a guitar in an intimate setting, it was just absolutely it's one of it's one of the moments I'll always hold forever. Um, you know, again, regarding the song, again, it's holding that anger for so long, and you basically you finally make that decision to resolve the conflict, and all of a sudden you come to that epiphany that it can never be repaired and have to live with the consequences of it. Um, I was just listening to it the other the other day, just kind of getting ready for the podcast, and one of the things that really kind of and I missed it many times, but it, I picked up on this is like one of the last lines of the song. Where he's saying, you know, my father is shines like a beacon. But if you, I was listening to it, so he then when he finishes the last couple of verses, he stops playing the guitar. So all of a sudden, I took it as being almost like that. You get complete darkness and emptiness. So it's almost that juxtaposition where you have this beacon of light. But then when he finishes the song, he's he's just singing the words. He, he basically he's not playing anymore. Yeah, it is just amazing. Um, it's it's such a um, that moment in you know, and when he talks about you know when he says, "I'm going to take you off suicide watch now," uh, you know, <laughs> and and the wish is on my list, of, and so now then I've been able to see it. Um, such, you know, and I've told people, if you've read the autobiography, there's nothing shocking, you know, about the show, but it's still uh, amazing to hear it live and share. Um, like I said, um, it could have e very easily been higher to me. Um, the only song left for me is Atlantic City. Um, and, that, and, that, and that's a great, great choice. Yeah, I, I think Atlantic City is one of not one of the best songs on this album. I think it's one of the best song Bruce has ever done. Um, it, the, um, the idea, you know, and I did an earlier show, um, where, um, Jay and I debated between, um, you know, Atlantic city was in one of my song battles that we, we argued, which was better, um, and and you know we talked about is um, I think it was Highway Patrolman in Atlantic City. Which one's a better song? And um, I just think Atlantic City, the talking about put your makeup on, put your hair up pretty. I'll meet you tonight in Atlantic City, and. The other thing about everything dies, that's a fact. Everything dies sometimes comes back is this hopefulness that is missing in the album. And so I just – and when they um, – when he does it live, 
when he's meet me tonight in Atlantic City. Meet me tonight, you know, and over no. again. And they build and they build it up, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely amazing. Um Well, I, I I would say that we both are kind of agreeing probably one of the adjectives that we could use to describe um the album it is cinematic. There's I mean yes. we're probably more more than half of the songs on there. You could kind of see it as being almost like I said, a, a small little film. Yeah, and in fact, um, meeting across the river would fit in this perfectly. I was just thinking the same thing, yeah. You know, uh, even though it's got the full instruments, but, um, you know, that that feeling of hopelessness and people, um, you know, this is not going to be, most people aren't going to get a happy ending in these stories. Um, no. At best, you get like in Highway Patrolman, you know, kind of a neutral, um, but absolutely a brilliant album. And um, I agree with, I read someone, you know, a lot of people have asked that the outtakes of hearing the E Street Band do them, you know, I have no interest in hearing that. I, I Don't get me wrong, I'd buy it if it was available. But this is the finished version to me. These are just what I need to hear. I mean, going. I agree with you 100%. I mean, going back to when we were talking about it before, that to me, having the, the starkness, just the rawness of it, just to that base level of an artist with a guitar telling the story. Again, we've talked about these are great stories. You don't need the arrangements other than that to add to it. Just the words and the images that he's created are enough for us. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? I would say this is this is this has been um, it's been a, a a great hour. I mean, it's great talking about again for me. Nebraska is my second favorite album of of his um, after after Darkness, um, and be able to um, share and express my feelings with another fan, and you know, basically going back and forth has been has been a fantastic a fantastic evening and a fantastic experience. Thank you again, Jesse, for this. No, I, I appreciate you joining me so much. Um, I have loved these episodes to have, you know, someone join me to talk about it, to, um, you know, it, it's interesting to hear the other person's choices and why they're doing it. So great stuff. If someone wants to and reach I will, you, I, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. And, if, and uh, I didn't interrupt you. Um, I, but um, after the show in March, um, I'll send you a um, a message, and then we could put we could set up a time um, that to, so we can talk about my um, the second experience with the show. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting because um, I'm sure you're going to love it again. But I wonder, oh, yeah. you know, from your perspective, did you hear things you didn't? Did you see? Um, you know, I think that's going to be absolutely great. Um, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? Um. I would say um, I'm on Facebook. Um, okay. My email my email address is f r e d d r o underscore zero seven one one zero at yahoo dot com. Awesome. I will. Um, I'll have you send that through me, and I I can put it in the uh, show notes. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, hang tight just a minute. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast and tell Fred and I what we got wrong, 
or just to share your Springsteen story, you can reach out to me many ways. My email address for the show is setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and we have a Facebook page, setlustingbruce. Appreciate it if you go and like it. Um, my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. Uh, and as always, if you go to iTunes to rate and review the podcast, uh, subscribe, go ahead. It doesn't cost nothing. Uh, that helps me find listeners right now. We're about 42, um, star reviews and I would love to get us up to over 50. Um, Fred, this was a blast. I, I hope you as yes. much fun as I did. Yes, I did, Jesse. Again, thank you very much for having me on. It was a great experience and looking forward to doing it again. All right, it's good. So, uh, everyone, um, I hope you go, you know, go to Nebraska. Put it on. Rank them yourself. It'll be fun. But for now, uh, thank you, Fred. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Everything dies. Maybe that's a fight. Maybe everything that dies someday comes back. Put your makeup on. Fix your hair with a in Atlantic City, ain't me tonight. In Atlantic City, come on and meet me. Come on and meet me. Come on and meet me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.